Between the ages of 12 and 14, my son, Bryn, grew over 15 centimetres in height. I can remember catching glimpses of him out of the corner of my eye and thinking, who is this tall man in my house? It was as if he had transformed from a child to a young adult overnight. For the next two years, he and I spent a considerable amount of time visiting a physiotherapist because growth can come at a cost. Bryn's muscles could not keep up with his rapid growth rate. And so he had to commit to a series of daily exercises so that his leg and back muscles lengthened to accommodate his height and growing bone structure. These exercises often cause more pain and discomfort than his actual condition, but he stuck with it. Today, at 22, Bryn stands at 6 feet and 1 inch and enjoys many of the benefits of being tall, including reaching things on the top shelf, seeing over the heads of people in crowds, and being a pretty good basketball player. So despite the cost of those years spent at the physio and the pain and discomfort Bryn endured, it was all worth it in the end. Fortunately, we humans finish physically growing between the ages of 18 to 20, so no more growing pains. Mentally, we reach the stage of psychological maturity at about 25. Now, this is all fascinating stuff, but it makes me wonder about our spiritual growth. Does it ever stop? Do we ever reach a stage of spiritual maturity? Is it full of stops and starts, growth spurts, and times in which nothing much at all happens? And does it mean there will be some discomfort along the way? A kind of spiritual growing pain? Today's passage from Ephesians concludes with a description of the ongoing process of spiritual growth. Like muscles stretching and growing over bone, we, as followers of Christ, are encouraged to grow out of the smallness of our hearts and the stuntedness of human self-centeredness into giants of kindness, compassion and mercy to become nothing less than imitators of God. This is a high calling. We could say the highest calling. However, at first glance, this passage seems to read like a list of rules and codes of behaviour. Many of the rules in this text sound like the good advice we may have heard from our elders, sayings our mothers or grandmothers were fond of repeating. In verses 26 to 29, for example, we can see the foundations of sayings like never go to bed angry, leave no room for the devil, and if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. When we reach verse 30, however, we could be excused for finding the admonishment to never grieve the Holy Spirit at odds with the easy-to-understand common sense that precedes it, particularly if we read this passage out of context. You see, in the previous chapters of Ephesians, we have been reminded that when we believe in Christ, we are marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit as constant companion throughout our Christian journey, there must be times when the Spirit cries out, What on earth are you doing, beloved child of God? Why are you slipping away from the truth and light of Christ 
into the darker side of your self-centred human nature. If we are honest and open to self-reflection, we probably hurt God's spirit on a fairly regular basis. Thank God for the grace Christ has lavished and freely bestowed upon us. Although Ephesians concludes with more advice and codes of behaviour, we are first reminded in the opening chapters that by grace we have been saved, not as a result of works. We can never be good enough or try hard enough to be imitators of God on our own merit, and despite the heading my NRSV Bible attributes to today's reading, the life of faith in Christ is far more than simply observing rules for the new life. It is nothing less than an ongoing transformative experience through the grace and guidance of our triune God. So, when do we as people of faith reach spiritual maturity? Never. Well, at least in this lifetime anyway. Martin Luther, the 16th century theologian, put it this way. This life, therefore, is not godliness, but the process of becoming godly. Not health, but getting well. Not being, but becoming. Not rest, but exercise. We are not now what we shall be, but we are on the way. The process is not yet finished, but it is actively going on. This is not the goal, but it is the right road. At present, everything does not gleam and sparkle, but everything is being cleansed. If we are travelling on the right road, following Christ's footsteps and imitating his way of being, we should expect to feel the discomfort of growth pains every now and again. I think we can call this our spiritual growing pains. We should also be able to look back and notice how much we have spiritually grown and changed as we have matured, how we have grown in love, understanding, kindness, compassion, wisdom and mercy. However, be warned, looking back can be a painful process because we will have to come face to face with our own failings, those times when we have been hard-hearted, bitter, unforgiving and selfish, these times will stand out against our high calling to imitate our ever-loving God. You may look back and notice that you've been going nowhere, that your inner transformation has halted or become stunted. If this is the case, you are perfectly normal and perfectly human. All living things are designed to achieve a state of balance, a steady state that resists change. Biologists call this homeostasis. Although we are unaware of this going on at a biological, physical level, we can see it working its way into our daily lives. We all tend to base our lives on comfortable, safe and predictable patterns. Things like having a comfy home, a nice little group of friends, a steady job, and habits and rituals that are familiar. We even tend to cling to familiar ways of being church. Have you ever noticed that coming up with a new idea or a way of doing things always faces some level of resistance? 
Our triune God calls us out of this state of resistance, prompting us to continually grow into becoming more and more Christ-like. How do we achieve this process of becoming spiritually mature? Although it is true we do not achieve spiritual growth through our own merit or goodness, we do need to show up, to commit to the exercises, to practice the way of Christ. We need to pay attention, to wake up, and to take up the high calling of those sealed with the Holy Spirit, for we are God's own beloved children, the ones who live in love. Amen. The following hymn is Brother, Sister, Let Me Serve You. <laughs> 